Hi, everybody. Today, we're talking about your spiritual path and uh, things that you experience along the way and um, personal growth that can happen and uh, how you think about it makes such a difference. Um, and we're going to talk about a personal story that I had. Um, and that's the reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I felt like it was such an epiphany. I needed to talk about it with all of you uh, as soon as possible. So this is the You Don't Own Me podcast. I'm Juliana J, your host. And today we're talking about your spiritual journey. So um, what brought this all on for me was the fact that I uh, was this in this on this radio interview, which is going to come out uh, fairly soon and all uh, where we were discussing anger and childhood trauma. So I have had childhood trauma and I was talking about it on the podcast. We sort of went, took a deep dive into uh, my childhood trauma and what what happened and how it manifested in my life and how it really shaped how I walked through the world and what I thought of things and, and all of that. And, um, it was just mind blowing for me, like mind blowing. I can't even describe to you. Uh, there is some incredible beauty in talking with someone about an issue or something in your life. You know, you all know me well enough now to know I really love journaling. I do all kinds of things for, um, to be a better person, to learn more about myself, to recover, to grow, to heal, to prosper, all those types of things. Um, and so when I was talking in this interview, it just, sometimes you say things you don't even know you know or have thought about, or it's so subconscious, this process that's happening. You're not even aware of it till you say it out loud. I mean, sometimes that can happen when you're spontaneously journaling, right? You're spontaneously journaling and you'll be like, whoa, epiphany, you know, I just said this and I didn't even know I thought that, you know, but there's something about communicating with somebody and not in a clinical sense, but just in a, in a communication, a trying to understand or work something out or talk about something philosophical or are interesting to the both of you that really works your brain in this different way. You're unaware. It allows these moments of your essence to come out that you didn't really know you were thinking or thought about or, or felt or anticipated and there you are you know and that's happened to me numerous times during this interview so the interview is 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 kind of triggering for anybody who's suffered from trauma in their childhood i just want to state that i'm pretty open about it and uh but but what we discussed is sort of it started out as this anger regarding childhood trauma and it worked its way into what does that mean for your spiritual path and unworthiness we talked a lot about unworthiness you know I had been really working on that for the past 
six months in my own life, I realized that, you know, that was one of my epiphanies when journaling. I was journaling away. And then I was like, oh my God, I don't think I'm worthy of anything, you know? And then I went back and looked at my journal and then I, I just, it just really resonated so deeply with me that, yes, everything you think about yourself, about your job, about relationships, about, you know, everything is tied up into the fact that I don't feel worthy, which I can trace back to this childhood trauma, you know, so easily. It was just so resonant in me that I am unworthy. I feel I am unworthy. And this, that's why. And everything else I feel about life and how I navigate it is all based on this idea that I have that I am not worthy, you know. So we were talking about that. Um, in such a way that it just struck these chords with me and it's intertwined with uh, your spiritual journey. And I thought that perhaps some of you feel the same and so that I would share this with you. Uh, so we were talking about the trauma and how it led to me just feeling unworthy and that I realized like wow I've been navigating my whole life with this belief like it's never enough you know that's why I'm crazy workaholic and that's why I you know um maybe end up getting in a lot of relationships that aren't really um feeding me you know I'm feeding the other person or you know my inability to say no uh we were talking about how it's just so hard to even fathom what boundaries are because, you know, I'm trying to tease out, is this boundary nice to people or not nice to people? And I don't want to have these boundaries where I'm like, not nice, you know? And so I don't even know, like, I can't even understand boundaries. People say you should have boundaries. And I'm like, I don't understand how you have those and are they rigid or do they move all the time? Or, you know, I don't understand the mechanism of boundaries. I'm just so, but it's really because I don't feel worthy enough to even have boundaries, you know, or I didn't. So through this conversation, the power of communication with another person who's listening to what you're saying, you know, a conversation like I'm talking about involves listening on both sides and responding and really working things out and trying to just come in your most genuine self. And that's what I really wanted to do. I went, you know, I was driving there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be my authentic self. And whatever she asks, I'm just going to try and answer it in the most, ooh, in the most, you know, just authentic way that I can. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat something or hold something back or do all the things I normally do when I talk about my childhood trauma because I don't want, you know, people to people who are part of the trauma to be mad that I outed them. Isn't that ridiculous? Like that's how unworthy I felt in that I was not worthy of the truth. I need to cover it up for this other person so that they don't get mad and they can feel good about themselves. You know, I, I put them the perpetrator before 
my own health and wellness, you know, because I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy because of the situations that happened to me in a child as a child, you know, I'm just not worthy of it because no one cared when it was happening to me in my mind and my, in my little person mind, you know? And so, but in the communicating with it in an authentic way with somebody for the interview was over two hours long, you know, and having somebody listen to everything I was saying and ask me questions about how I felt in this non-clinical sense. And I, I sort of knew the person before, so it wasn't that I met them this first time, you know, uh, I was really able to work through some things that were astonishing, astonishing people. I want to say astonishing. Like I was astonished by what transpired in this conversation. So um, what kind of came through clear for me is I had identified, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm worthy. I'm really trying to work on this. You know, I, I'm, you know, trying to work on it in my mind, like, this knowledge I have from reading books, self-help books and whatnot, what other people have done, I'm applying that to my unworthy feelings. But it's all, as the interviewer pointed out, it's all this, you know, mind game. It's all uh, been sort of taken away from my whole self. And it's, I'm analyzing it in my mind. You know, I'm, I'm trying to solve the problem analytically in my mind and nowhere else, you know, and I've removed it into this analytical thing that I'm now doing these boxes. I'm going to check, you know, like I'm going to be more positive and I'm going to set a boundary to say no once in a while. And these things, which are all good. I'm not saying anything negative about them, but, but I realized when she said that, that you're, you're analyzing all of it. It's staying in your mind. It's not living anywhere else inside of you. And uh, when the conversation turned to spiritual past, she said the most profound thing to me, which I know some of you are going to go, yeah, of course, Juliana. But to me, it was very profound. She said to me, your spiritual journey, she feels, is not about, you know, going up this, you know, being more and more knowledgeable and learning things and, and, and what have you, although that can be part of it, you know, that's how you engage in the world, right? So it's not removed, nothing is removed, everything is intertwined, okay? So really, spirituality is a journey back to yourself. It's a journey to find your inner self, your consciousness, your uh, divine self, your inner wisdom, whatever you think of that is, you know, and theoretically, I'd known that like, I'm trying to find out who my authentic self actually is, and my consciousness and so much of my meditation practice evolves, involves like really trying to get to that place of consciousness, right? So I'm aware of that in the sense as it lives inside of my analytical brain, you know, but I had never really thought this spiritual journey is a journey back to myself. I mean, um, 
and getting a little emotional just saying it because it's so incredibly profound to me that it's not, I already know the way. You already know the way. We already know the way. We know the way, you know? We've we've seen the end game, you know? We We intimately and beautifully know that space we're all trying to get to, you know? It's already there, which makes it in some ways, I mean... Of course, not really, because it's still a hard journey, you know, back to yourself. But in some ways, isn't it so simple too? you you already know the way it's it's so simple on some level, you know, and as I was telling her, it's like um, I had this idea that, you know, my spiritual path involved this top thing, you know, Oh, here at the top, this is like enlightenment or, you know, going to heaven or whatever people think is the end game, you know. Um, and then I I go up this ladder, right, of knowledge. I tick these boxes. I do these things. I become, you know, more enlightened as time goes on. And then eventually here I am in um, this space of complete uh, knowledge and knowing you know, and not knowing and um, compassion, but not, not suffering, you know, nothing like that, like this, this plane of existence where I can let it all go. And I think that's where we talked in another podcast, how some people think that being on a spiritual journey means you can never be sad or unhappy, or, you know, the ultimate goal is just to, you know, always be happy regardless you know but it's really about making your way back to yourself and in yourself lies lies the enlightenment you know when you can finally get to your inner self and find a space where you've peeled it all away and there you are you know that's that feeling that we're looking for in the spiritual path. But we have covered up our inner self, our divine, with all the things that have happened to us in life, you know, trauma and bad things and good things and people we've met and people we shouldn't have met and people we got involved with and people we shouldn't have gotten involved with and jobs we've had and experiences that happened to us and places that we've lived and books we've read and and news we hear about and everything from the outside world has kind of piled on top of our inner self and the journey is to peel that all away and find yourself again you know um and i had known that you know we're oh yeah i'm i'm looking at i'm trying to you know um let my divine shine you know that's my spiritual path whatever it, but it was all in my mind in this calculated kind of way of going about it, right? So when I realized that it's it's a journey back to myself, I was like, wow, what? What? I already have it, you know? It's enough to just be. And in the moment when she said, it's just, it's, you don't have to, 
have these things happen to you to be more evolved, you know, to be more compassionate, to be more, I mean, sure, I I do think like, things that happen in life, trauma and everything do give you a set of tools that you wouldn't have had before. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that in my trauma, I was able to really have more empathy, to feel more compassion, to understand what it's like to need compassion and empathy more so than if that hadn't have happened, you know. And it shaped me in other ways, like the self-worth and lack of self-worth and whatnot as well, you know. Um, so all those things do play a role and you're learning to be a person you know, and sort of helping you, um, your soul experience things that that give you wisdom you didn't have before. But um, in all reality, you're just trying to find yourself. And when you can tap into that and let that be your guide, you know, a lot of people will call that intuition, you know, just go with your intuition. Don't learn to just respond with your intuition you know and I never got that either because how do you know what's intuition and what's you talking yourself out of something and what's intuition like I don't know the difference because I literally had so much internal dialogue about what was right and what was wrong and what I should do and what I shouldn't do and I got to keep the peace and well this person has it worse than me so I've got to you know be more compassionate than they are to me and you know all these things that I sort of constructed in my life, you know, to always be the yes person. Oh, well, I'll always help this person out. I'll always help that person out. Oh, I don't really like how this is going, but, you know, they do. So I'll just mold into whatever I'm supposed to be, or I'll let go of what I want because they, what they want is more important, you know, like in relationships. Um, well, what they want or how they see the relationship is important to them. You know, but how I want to, what I want in a relationship is also important, but maybe not as important as what they want. So I'll go along with that and I'll try to maybe carve out something here and there. You know, I didn't even think I was worthy of having a relationship I wanted, you know. And so this little tidbit of information that she gave me, you're enough as you are. You know, even though I've seen so many affirmations about that, you are enough. It just never hit. It hit up here, but it never hit anywhere else. And uh, it really just hit for me that, you know what? Oh, my God, I am enough. I am enough. You know, I'm enough right now as it is, because the journey is back to myself. And myself is, you know, my higher consciousness, my divine however it is I'm perceiving it, however it is you're, I'm perceiving it as, you know, my higher self, my divine, my, my consciousness. And in, in the essence of what I feel that is, that is just this incredible, all-knowing everything, you know, it's the universe, it's all things, you know, and um, it's already incredible. It's already incredible, you know? And so I'm just, my journey is just back to that. It's not trying to, you know, 
get to something else so I can tick a box on my spiritual journey. Oh, now I've meditated 3000 hours. So now, you know, I'm this or, you know, whatever. I think that makes it hard and it makes it hard for you to stay on a spiritual path because it can create a lot of doubt, especially if you don't have self-worth that internal dialogue you're having with yourself is why are you believing in this? This might be stupid. Do you think this is stupid? Do other people believe in it? I need affirmations from other people that this is true. You know, what is this? How, what do I think about it? Well, let me see what the world thinks about it. Well, if I think something different about it secretly, I can't tell anybody because that would be embarrassing. And they might say something mean to me, right? So I'm not going to say anything. And, uh, that can make a spiritual journey really hard. And I think it's just really made it so crystal clear to me when she said that. I just felt like, whoa, that so resonates with me. And then these really incredible things started happening to me after the interview that we talk about in the interview. So if you listen to it, I don't want to spoil it. Um, but one of the things was that this internal dialogue I'd lived with my whole life. I mean, I just thought everybody was like this, right? Like someone says, Hey, do you want to go out to dinner tomorrow night? And the internal dialogue is, you know, well, that's what they want me to do. Do I want to do that? Now I have to rearrange this and redo that. And I'll have to, you know, do this. What if I don't get home in time? And, you know, what about so-and-so? I need to make sure I have like food for them or whatever. And I got to let the dog out before I go out. And um, even though those things, those logistics should cross your mind because you have to take care of your dog and, you know, whatnot, people at home, this and that. But, but um, you know, like instead of having all those things, instead of saying, oh, I really can't do Wednesday night because it's just too hard for me midweek. What about Friday or some other day? Or let's plan something next week where I can really get a system in place so that someone else will feed the dog or take the dog out or you know, pick a kid up from school or whatever it is, you know, so I can organize that and then we can go out or, yeah, I would love to go out, but, you know, uh, maybe we could do something more at home because that's really hard for me right now. I don't have childcare or whatever, you know, that would never cross my mind to do that. I would just be trying to make it happen because that's what the person wanted, you know, at, at the sacrifice of what, and then like moving mountains to make it happen and not having a good time, really, because I was doing that, you know, so this internal dialogue was going on. And then my interpretation of it in my mind was, um, well, I'll make it happen, because otherwise, they'll be mad at me if I don't make it happen. And maybe they'll won't like me. And then they'll say something horrible to me. And then I'll feel bad, you know, so I better do this other thing, you know, or whatever. And uh, that went away. As easy as that, it went away. Like then the next day, somebody asked me to do something and I really didn't have um, capacity to because it was really going to stress me out because the time frame was too tight to something else I was doing. And instead of going like, well, I'll just live with the stress. And if it's if it doesn't work out, I'll just freak out. You know, I'll just, I'll just, whatever, I'll just be late. And then, you know, I'll deal with it. It'll be mine to deal with. And then maybe I'll have to, you know, whatever, pay for the appointment if I can't make it because I don't get back in time or, you know, Legit, that's what I would be doing to please somebody. You know, just really putting myself in this predicament that I didn't want to be in where I'm going to miss another meeting. It's like double booking, right? You know, a lot of that can't say no situation ends up in double booking. Um, 
And instead, I just so clearly was like, I don't think I'll have enough time. I better not do that right now, but let's do it again some other time or whatever. And it worked out just perfectly fine, you know, but um, I didn't have any of that internal dialogue. And it was so profound to me. I was like, oh, my God, I just made a decision and didn't have any of that. That's crazy. And then just kind of kept happening. And then I just kind of had this clarity about like, I don't want to do this, you know, like there's there's relationships I don't even want to have because they aren't, I don't like them. I haven't liked them in a while. It's one-sided maybe, or maybe it's, um, I don't feel like I'm being listened to, or it's not, I'm not, it's, it's not feeding my soul, the relationship, you know, but yet I keep it because, well, I can't say, you know, anything bad because what do people think? And they'll think I'm the bad person if I say I don't want to be your friend anymore or whatever, you know? And it, I could really just see all my relationships so clearly. I mean, it, it, it's bizarre. I could see if you're like, oh, God, right, Juliana, you know, but it's really, it's really exactly what happened to me. It was, it was very profound. Um, and I thought I would share it with you because I think that it is comforting to know that you already know the way, you already know the way to your own spiritual path you know um your your journey is a circle back to yourself you know or it's a your inner wisdom or your divine is packed in a box with a bunch of tissue paper around it and maybe another box and more tissue paper and maybe another box depending on you know how your life's gone so far maybe you have many boxes and a lot of tissue paper and your spiritual journey is opening a box and unwrapping tissue paper to the next box and continuing on till you get to uh, the gift at the bottom. But you already know what the gift is, you know? It just, I don't know, it just really made it so much easier for me and really allowed me to let go of a lot of the unworthiness I was feeling, to just know. I just knew in that moment you know what? I am enough. And I knew it in every fiber of my being, not just in my mind, not just like, you know what? Yeah, it's true. That affirmation I read on Pinterest, I am enough. I'll pin it to my, you know, board of dream it to reality. And I'll, you know, cause I am enough. And, and I, and it would all be like, just in my brain, it would never penetrate into, into my being, you know? Um, and so it was just so profound to me. It was so profound to me, those two things. You're enough just like you are. And really hearing that and internalizing that and and being that and understanding like that's okay. You know, you are enough. And that your journey is just back to yourself. So incredible you know it's really so incredible and i know there's a lot more to it there's a lot of life that happens and things that happen and things we have to work out and and reconnect with and figure out and work through and become and do and you know another thing in the in the interview that she said was that just because you realize you are enough it doesn't mean you're going to stop doing stuff you know, like just because, you know, you decide you're enough and you're worthy, 
it doesn't mean you're going to stop trying to achieve things you want to achieve, trying to do things you want to do. It doesn't mean you're not going to, you're going to stop striving for whatever that is. You're not going to just stay in bed all day now because you've realized you're enough. And I think that's a construct that society has created that isn't true. You know, yeah. when you are enough and you firmly believe that you want to do more, you know, I think that was like what blew, also blew my mind was like, when you truly realize that you are enough, it's very exciting because you're like, oh my God, I can do all these things. Like other people's opinions aren't standing in my way anymore. Uh, fear of rejection, not standing in my way. Fear of being found out as, you know, somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about isn't part of the process anymore, you know, because, you know, needing to justify who you are and what you know is important isn't part of the process anymore, you know. Uh, you are enough. You know enough. You are enough. You are worthy is uh, just to just feel that outside of your brain and like in your pores, like in your heart, like inside yourself, you know, is profound. It's profound. You won't you know, be inclined to just sit on the couch and watch TV now day after day because, well, now you've found your inner self and, you know, that's all there is. No, it will inspire you to be even more, to have like, to just do it, go for it. It's exciting. It's like, you know, I've also always felt like I've had this underlining you know, sometimes it's much bigger, sometimes it's much smaller, but like this little thread of depression that's running around. And sometimes it like weaves up into something big and then it'll go back down into a little thread, but it never goes away, you know? Um, and I just really realized how much of that is tied to not being worthy for me. Is this my lack of worth that I had written into my book about me. You know, I am unworthy. I had created that inside of my persona of self, you know, buried it deep so that I didn't see it every day, but it was always there. And to have it not be there, you know, it's really, it's, it's, it's really blissful and exciting, you know. I don't, maybe, maybe there'll be times when it comes back and I have to recognize it and let it go again, you know, but, but I've recognized it this time and I've let it go and it's been incredible. So I just felt I really needed to share that with all of you in case it could help you. Like it helped me. This was such valuable information. I just felt like I I had to share it. And I'll leave you with one last thing. Um, so I've also been reading this book, How We Live is How We Die, which I'll also put in the comments description below. Um, but it's it's a book about dying. 
And in there, uh, they talk about one of the steps of dying is, uh, well, it's not a book about dying. It's a book about living through the eyes of dying. Seems like uh, to me where I am, it's um, it's really beautiful. But uh, uh, a lot of it talks about the steps of dying, right? And there's in this one moment of dying, uh, you can... Uh, see your own consciousness in its brilliant self. I mean, I can't explain it. It's not, I'm not super knowledgeable about the topic, but um, that's sort of what, that's what that was said in the book. Like there's this moment um, in death where you, you view your consciousness in its full glory and beauty, you know, and, and uh, I think for some of us that, that is actually possibly our impression of enlightenment, you know, is to be able to see that. And it fits so perfectly with that journey back to self, you know, that maybe life is that journey back to self. And when we get back to self, that's what happens, you know, and we're we're living in self all the time because, you know, I'm not trying to tell you that now I'm you know, going to always be the most incredible human being that there possibly is because I'm in this human body living on earth and I have lots to process and that's not the case. But I am telling you that sometimes profound things happen to you and recognize it and embrace it and love it and pick it up and wow. And conversation with human beings, you know, especially these a lot of times people who've experienced a lot of trauma, uh, you have no one to talk to because it's too heavy for people to understand and they don't know what to say. And they, you know, we feel like we should be saying something to help the person and it might come out as toxic positivity or something else, who knows, you know, but it, you have no place to talk about your experience in a way that people can genuinely 100% listen all the time. And then and you can't work through it. You, you talk about it in these little snippets because that's all people can understand. Or you, you're leaving out certain things because it's even too heinous for you to imagine in your own mind. Or you, it's too traumatic to talk about. Or, you know, there's so many reasons why you're not just openly telling everything about your, your trauma. You know, but when you do have that opportunity to talk to somebody who will genuinely just listen to you and, you know, not in a sense where, um, you know, it's like just a person talking to you about it or listening to you about it, the most profound things will expose themselves, you know, which I think is why therapy can be so powerful. You know, I'm talking about it in a non-clinical sense, but certainly in a clinical sense you do the same you know um but to really just be talking about it with somebody who genuinely just wants to know is profound you know and i hope any of you suffering with that can find some space where that's possible for you at some point because in not a triggering way like obviously be safe be comforted be supported be in a good space for that you know um but it can be just really healing 
in some ways, you know, but it's also very delicate. So I'm not saying run right out and start talking to everybody, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know what you need, you know the space you need for that to happen. But know that there is some great beauty in that um, if you can find a space that makes it possible for you and whatever that is. Now we can all walk on our journeys back home to ourselves. It's so awesome, isn't it? Journeying back home. And not in the sense of a home if you've had an experience where you don't view home as possible. It's home to yourself. And that, that person that you hope will be there. And you know who that is. You know, you already know. That's the cool thing. So be well, my friends. Be safe and secure. I love you all. I support you all. I hope your journey is beautiful and easy. But it can't all be because, you know, sometimes easy isn't what it's supposed to be, unfortunately. But I hope you find beauty along the way. Love you.